say good black don't crack, they're not wrong. What's your secret? But if we think that to look better is to certainly get a better spirit in our heart and uh, to work every day to become a better wife, a better mother, a better friend, a better sister, then those values and attributes alone will make us more beautiful than we are now. Fear it, own it. Take a minute and know that you are this power. Put out the fire that our ancestors lit that carried us. Teach our children to claim their destiny. I say it's in the reach of my arm, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman. Phenomenal. How can fat girl be the best anything when cat woman is about? You know exactly who I am and what I'm capable of. Just like I know exactly what you are. And all of the viewers, check us out on onthewakeupradio.com and on thewakeuptube.com. That's O-T-W-Tube. Uh, I'll just go ahead and spell that out for some of you. That's mm-hmm. O-T-W-Tube. W-T-U-B-E dot com. You can also call in at 844-818-4433 if you have any questions or you want to chime in and join us in the conversation on these hot topics. Please feel free to do so. Okay. Thank you for that, Jackie. No problem, sis. I got married at 19 to my stepson. There's more. He was my first love, so we had a baby. Then he started cheating on me with my cousin. The only person I could talk to about it was his dad. His dad helped me get away, but at the same time, we fell in love. I got a divorce and his dad moved me to a condo. I got pregnant and married my ex-dad, then found out he was cheating with my ex-new girlfriend. So I started cheating with my ex-husband, the son divorced the dad, and now my son is my oldest son's uncle. Okay. Now who was able to keep up with all of that? <laughs> I wasn't. And I'm because it was a whole lot of that to keep up with. <laughs> yes. Now, now she originally, okay, let's go back. She originally was dating her stepson. Right? Yes. Okay. Cool. And then from there, she um she fell in love with his dad. Yes. Okay. But then she found out that he started cheating with her, with his, with her, I guess her son's girlfriend, ex or whatever. With the stepson's new girl. New With the new girlfriend, right. Uh-huh. So the, the, her, the father... <laughs> of the stepson that he she'd been married, fell in love with, was cheating on her with his son's new bae. Right. And then she <laughs> left him and went back to the ex. 
Yeah. Original stepson. The stepson. And now that is her son's uncle or something like that. Yes. It's a what in the hill, Billy, is going on there? <laughs> I didn't know that, like they said, Crazy. I didn't know black people, did, I didn't know we did that. I did. Are they in rural? Where are they? Rural Alabama? I don't want to call anybody state, but I'm just saying, where could they be acting like this? There must not be other black people for miles and miles around they must live way out like miles and miles away from civilization that's the only thing i could justify and some desolate area i'm telling you because okay no like is there only three men in the whole county (laughs) maybe them yeah well we know for there's two the the stepson and the dad yeah yes and the third one is gone um god knows where but you know i guess that's the life that we live in this it's just love is love i guess it was interesting because i saw a documentary where a girl went to go seek out she was um she was given up for adoption and so her father was end up being a killer well she ended up going to reconvene back with her dad and she ended up marrying her father her biological father say what now yeah she married her biological father and her foster parents went to go support the marriage <gasps> they supported Thinking the marriage and him. guess what yes guess what he ended up killing the girl and the child wow what? yeah so there's some crazy sickness going on around here you know where it comes there's so all these millions of people in the world, but who we choose to love, I don't know what that sickness is. I don't even want to relate to that. Yeah, I, I don't think I can either. Um, it, it's almost like a fetish. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And listen, if, if you would like to call in and chime in on this topic, please call area code 844 818 4433. And thank you, sis, for, can you please say your name so I make sure I say it correctly? Angie. Hi, yes. Hi, Angie. Okay. How you doing, sis? Welcome, welcome. I'm doing good, and you? Yeah, I'm doing wonderful. But yeah, so what do you think about that? Have you ever experienced that in your family? Having any type of incest within the family? I've heard of first cousins getting married. We call them kissing cousins. Kissing cousins. That's what you call them. Kissing yeah. cousins. Cousins. <laughs> kissing cousins. Yes. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that that is common in different in different areas here in the United States. Um uh you got a lot of uh, you know, that there's the the tale of the in southern uh, states that it was common like back in the day or something like that because they were living so far out away from civilization mm-hmm. then the pickings were slim so yes um, when you're around someone uh, especially when those hormones start to jump uh, you want to you want to I guess reach out to the person nearest you <laughs> I don't know that's how it starts but yeah, um, I, I've definitely heard tales of it, and I've actually know a few people who did marry their uh, maybe like second or third cousin. Yeah, it, 
Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it it happens. It does happen within the family. It does happen with black people. We can see that now. But um, you know, just moving on from that, it's just crazy. But yeah, kissing cousins happen. It happens in our family. The bigger the family, and sometimes, you know, family marries by accident. So on to the next one. Let's see what this is. Ah. So oh. what do we think about this? Yeah. So a boyfriend is taking one for the team. For the Look at there. For the, the girlfriend, apparently, he says, he knows I don't have many people to practice on. So he let me practice on him. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that kind of love. He looks, yeah, but nah. look at his face. Does he look embarrassed? Does he look a little embarrassed to you? He, he does. Uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, he looks you know, uncomfortable. He looks, he looks uncomfortable, right? Yes. That's what I say. He looks uncomfortable. Yeah. And mm. and he even showed his full face and posted it on IG. Yeah, that's he, love. Yeah, he allowed that to happen. Or Wait, you think he, he posted you think he, that on IG himself? He no, I, she did. She oh, did. I was about to say, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> she posted that on IG. She posted that. And he let her. That's some love. That must be his first love. Yeah, it must That's be. the only thing I can attribute it to. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, but he looks a little old. He looks like he's a... Is that facial hair on his chin? Oh, Robbie, he, he's got some facial hair. He looks like he's in his 20s. He should get yes. his first piece by now. Um, this, you think he got his first piece before this? I don't know. This this sounds like some virgin stuff to me. But never, I'm a virgin. I've never seen that happen. Uh, now, maybe a little nail polish, you know, because you can take that off. Those but are tips. tips. You just can't. You just can't pop them off like that. And and you just can't, you can't remove them with nail polish remover. So, uh, yeah, like that is weird. It's Absolutely. really weird. Right. Sisters, anyone else want to chime in on this one? Yeah, I, I you know, th to me, that's just, uh, th that's like a sad story. Like, he, he looks like, yeah, you know, I'm doing this for my girl. But at the same time, he's uncomfortable. You know, he looks uncomfortable. And it's a shame that, you know, that we're okay with um, feminizing our men like this. Like, this is just, you know, this, this, it's just not right. It's like, come on now. It's like, you can get a mannequin, okay, with the hands and, and, and do your own acrylics. But just to, to put that on your man, like, I, I get it for practice, but there's other ways that you can practice. Not to actually practice on a man that doesn't do that himself. You know, um, it, you know it's, it's bad enough that some men do like to feminize themselves in that type of way. But it's, you know, it, it's to me, it's not even it's not fair that she even did that. Honestly, you know, and it, to me, it's almost like, you know, you, you take people's kindness for a weakness. It, it's sort of like an example <laughs> in doing that because it's like, OK, because you're my girl, I'll do it for you. But that's not what he want to do. You know, no, so I don't the, think so. Yeah, that's yeah, mm -hmm. that's the obvious. It, it looks like she's you know some of these young females <laughs> like to test the waters. They they like to see how far a brother will let them go. 
You know what I mean? They wanna, That's right. They want to know the power of the you, of their you. Exactly. That's what they do. They just want yes. to see how far they can go. And it is. It's feminizing men. Um, absolutely. They don't yeah, absolutely. realize it. They're young. I, I've ne I would never want to put some nails on my man or heels or thong. I don't want to see him like that. I want to see mine. I want to see him as a man because that's what he, that's the reason why I have him in my life. If right. I'm female, then I would have a female in my life. You know, if that right. I, I don't get these young people. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Sister Cindy says, um, God forbid she did weaves. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I've seen, I've seen <laughs> the envelope with their men. I can see him flinging that hair around. One, I can see her flinging that hair and doing a Beyonce type weave. I see it. I think if he would do nails, I think that if he would go for doing nails, he may go for doing the weave. That's only the next step up. Ah, uh, yeah, it's not too far off from it. Right, right. right. Sure. Angie, did you have anything that you want to chime in on on this? Um. I don't know. I don't really see anything wrong with it. I mean, if she really doesn't have any friends, I just feel that the only thing maybe she shouldn't have done. And, and, and one of those things that we as people and do, we can always just say no. Um, but if he was willing to let himself go through that, he could have just, she could have just taken pictures of his hand instead, instead of, you know, show his face. Um, like, mm -hmm. like everybody's saying he, he looks uncomfortable, but she could have probably just taken that part out. I guess she wanted to put it out there and seem like, you know, what a great supportive boyfriend I have, but I guess people don't really see it as that. Well, yeah, he took one for the team. Kudos to him. I got to give him, you know, his props. He loves his girl. We're going to give him a, a an A for effort. The entire team. I saw this on the internet. This black man wants to know why black men can't date white women. I just gotta ask, I just gotta, I just got something to say. Why do black women get mad at us black men for dating white women? I don't get that. Like, black women, is it a problem that white women steal us? Or, or do you want us to come to the black side so black women i want to know why can't people like him date white women why are you upset why are you upset that he wants to date white women that they want to steal us i mean you see the picture it's a great choice of words steal us why are you upset that him people like him that are in high desire how many other men in 2021 still look like James Bond in 64 graphics with the hands that wouldn't open? How many men look like that today? This man is in high desire. How many men out there with straight backs that are mostly fizzy at the top? You can't even tell they're straight backs anymore. How many men are out there like that with hang time? Like so that he, I mean, white women want people like him. Men like him with extraneous lip meat. You see the lip meat on the side. He got, you know, that lip meat is it's a lot. So much lip meat that he has. You think a white woman wouldn't want extra lip meat on the side? 
You think that's, that's not in high desire? You're wrong. You're terribly wrong. Eyes that can look up and to the side simultaneously. He up here and down there. He could protect you from all angles. And you think a white woman don't want him? You're wrong. Now, brother, I don't know you well. I don't know you personally, but I, I'm here to tell you, you, you probably could have a white woman. I don't, you know, I'm just venturing to say, I don't think too many black women going to be upset. You go out and get that white girl that, that you want to steal you. I, I think the black women, are, you know, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt them right here. They're going to be like, God dang it. I missed out, you know, in general. But you go ahead, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's what you want. You go get it. Because, I, you know, I know a couple black women... I would I would say to you know just I would imagine they want they ain't gonna be upset. You go out there and get that white heat that girl. You go get her, bro. Get your get your milk of magnesia. Go on get it. <laughs> this brother is in high demand. Oh, they can have him. They can have his my sisters. Can I have a vote? Yeah. Can I have a vote? Would you be mad? Would you be upset if this brother went over to the other side if he went with Becky with the good hair. No, ma'am. That's my vote. Tareen. Cindy says, nope. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad, but no, I wouldn't be mad. But at the same time, I would be mad because it's like, dang on, brother. Like, come on now. You, you, you know the black and the berry, the sweet of the juice. Okay. I, I think the white women may have some standards there. And um, I don't know. I don't know. This can go either way. But sounds to me like Brother Man has had a taste of of Becky. Oh, yeah. He, right. he, and he's advocating, <laughs> God darn it, for the brothers to mm -hmm. go to the other side. I, I want to see what the Becky looks like that he's had a taste of. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, we got a problem. We never said anything. I don't know who confronted him and told him that. Yeah. Sound like somebody confronted that particular brother, that high demanding brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and Angie, what do you think? Angie, I didn't hear your vote. Would you be upset if uh, this I'm brother said it all? <laughs> and then we, unanimous, we unanimously agree. That we can give him over to okay, that's we don't have a problem with that. Cindy then, is number five. And then with the grammar, because I know he was not trying to spell white with a Y T because I don't know nothing about that. So <laughs> Oh yeah, they do that too. With the Y T. <laughs> that was that video was everything. It was just what I, I, I remember <laughs> and you know when I saw that video and I remember somebody commented and they said that they thought that the background was like you know how they do Instagram, do those graphics and make your face look different. I'm like, nope, that's him, 100. Yes. <laughs> and he was dead ass serious. He was dead ass serious. He wasn't joking. Well, we give it to you, brother. You can have Becky with our permission, with the with the sister's permission. Oh yes. Oh yeah. He's a freebie. He's, He's a freebie. We won't fight. We, we will not fight. We won't argue. They can. Help. Okay. <laughs> that falls right in line with our topic for tonight. Discernment, dating, distractions, and reactions. That's mm. <laughs> unanimous reaction. A recent survey of singles. 50% of men said that they date a friend's ex, while only 33% of women said they pursue a relationship 
with a friend's ex-boyfriend. Is it ever okay to date your friend's ex? See, I think it all depends how close you are to the girlfriend. Like, if it's your best friend, then obviously it's an absolute no-no if you're very close to them. If it's like a friend of a friend, then maybe it's okay. I think it is an absolute no, even if it's a friend of a friend, because I feel like when you're intimate with somebody, especially if you're intimate with somebody, like if you just went on a dinner date, I feel like that's okay. But if you, if your friend was intimate with him, or even if your friend's friend was intimate with him, I just feel like it's weird. Because how about if three years later you're thinking, wow, that was a good session and you want him back? I, I don't want anybody's leftovers, period. I don't care who you are. So... For me, it's like I we do have somebody's left over. You well, just don't somebody's, want but I don't know the leftovers that I'm having. Right. Um, I have a very close knit group of friends, and so like within that group of friends, once somebody introduces me to somebody, even if they like check all the boxes for being amazing, they're never going to be my person. They're never going to be my amazing, and they're yeah. immediately in the no go zone. And if it didn't work out with them, and and we're close. It's probably not going to work out with us. I don't know where they got the 50% of men would do that because of the way we, we're made. We, we know we're hunters. So now if I'm through with my girl, we break up order and then you over there. I know good and well you've been watching her for a while. I know you've been sizing up, checking out. So now, yeah. dog, this whole time you've been just laying in the cut, waiting on something to happen. Nah, man, we probably gonna fall out about this. This is this is this ain't gonna be no reality show falling out. You know, in reality show, women on reality shows are different. Y'all can have a group of women, and y'all can fight on Friday, and then next Friday y'all go out the country. <laughs> you can't do that with me. No, we don't have a choice. We don't have a choice, and a lot of the times we don't have much of a choice. Right. Oh, you know, it. sometimes I'm like, well, I'll be over here, she can sit over there, but yeah. See, but you can't put that on TV. Oh, very interesting. So the original question is, what would you do if your friend man likes you? Uh, I, I've been in that situation before. Mm -hmm. And I would just say, for me, I, I've taken offense to it. Because why would you approach me? Do I have something written across my forehead that says that I'm a certain type of female or is it on my back? Um, do I look like I would do that to my friend? Like, how do you how do you view me that you're comfortable enough <laughs> to come and approach me? Do I have that look about me? So I, I, I take offense to it when it does happen. I let them know. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not that type of female. Um, and I also let them know that if they ever approach me again, then I will tell my friend. So I, I make sure that those boundaries are never crossed again. I, I think it's insulting as a, as a woman. That's just my personal opinion. That, that is a great opinion. And I, I think it doesn't have anything to do with you than it does the man. You know, a lot, I found, and it happened to me before, a lot of times men are with women, not because of her, maybe her physical attributes. Maybe he's attracted to her for something else. But then he sees you and he is genuinely attracted to you. The heart wants what the heart wants. He should have waited. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the heart wants what the heart wants. And I've had it where 
um, a situation where my friend wanted me to go talk. She was really liking this guy and she wanted me to go talk on her behalf. And that brother said to me, he said, well, I really like you. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. And I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. So a lot of times he may not have been attracted to that woman and he sees you. I don't think he thinks of you like, oh, she's a slut or anything. That's just how men can be. They, the, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. What do you, what do you think about that, Angie? How would you feel if your friend's man liked you? No, that wouldn't happen. That's kind of uncomfortable. And I feel as I've gotten older and when it comes to friendships, um, yeah, it's all about the respect and boundaries because, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And then I think it would be such a very uncomfortable, awkward situation. And the next time if you're out somewhere, there you are with your friend's ex-boyfriend hanging out somewhere. And, you know, like, I don't really get when people do that. Um, I'll never understand that. And I get it, too, about sometimes maybe that person did like the friend first, but then, you know they ended up with the other person that they really didn't like. And that's another thing I don't get about people is like, if you know, you're not into them, it's like, why date them? And then all of a sudden now you want to go after the friend, you know, that's how people end up on the ID channel. <laughs> I'm serious. What's he setting you up for? <laughs> what is he setting you up for? Right. It, 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 it don't make no sense. Like I, I, I can't, I don't get down with that either. And it's so disrespectful and degrading, mm -hmm. you know, to the female that they're just crossing to get to the next. Like, and in fact, like and for that very same reason, that's why when it comes to, you know, um, men and women, you know, when they get together, when they're in a relationship, you know, like if I had a friend that's in a relationship with a man, we're all together. Like, I don't, I don't really give too much eye contact. You know, I, I stay in my lane. You know, I, I try not to, to be, too close into another person's space like that to even give a, a man uh, the thought or opportunity to even think that I would be interested if you're dating my friend. You know, that's why I don't get too friendly because you really never know what another, how another woman's man is anyway, because, you know, men are going to be men at the end of the day. That's right. And because of that, you know, I, you do got to, you know, allow some space, you know, it, 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 it can depend on a relationship. But then again, like I said, um, a man is going to be a man at the end of the day. I mean, but it can depend on a relationship that you have with, you know, with your friends. Sometimes you can be a little more friendlier, um, you know, depend on the history. Maybe, you know, um, you may have been knew someone, knew the guy from high school and maybe his girl came later. You didn't go to high school, school with him, something like that. But. It, 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 it's a it's a touchy thing, you know. Some you, you can't really be too friendly with a man that's you know friends with you know that's in a relationship with one of your friends. You know, some things is just you don't want to cross the line with because you never know what's going on in, in that man's mind. So it, it you know it's important that you don't even give off those vibes that your friend's man can even talk to you. Well, right? yeah, is. Exactly. And then my thing is, what happens if you try to confront your friend and tell her what her man is doing? How will she take that? Not right. Not kindly at all. <laughs> Some of them. Miss Cindy. So, ladies. Yes, I know you got something to say on this. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. The, the, it, and that's the thing, right? When people love their man, they love their man. You can't yes. tell them anything. 
anything, okay? And so I've had friends where the man would hit on me and I kind of just pulled back. I pulled back from the whole situation because I knew I couldn't even like really express. And I'm somebody that I'll tell you. Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> you could have been with him for a week. You could have been with him for a hundred years. I'll be like, um, what's, what's his deal? You know what I'm saying? And so it just depends on my relationship with that email, right? How cool we are. Uh, one of my uh, closest friends I've had for 20 years, when she, at the time when she was married, she would always invite me to come over. And our other friends always asked her, well, you know, you always inviting Cindy. Why you ain't? Cause y'all want to kiki all up in my man's face. Cindy, no, I, I be, it's like I got a hijab on when I be next to other people, men. I be like, Mm-mm, no eye contact. We ain't going to do that. Because you know, you know, when your friend has certain insecurities, you don't play up to it. You don't laugh at every fucking joke this guy. It's not that funny. Right. And so I just try to respect the boundaries. And she said, you're the only sister I've ever had come to my house because I don't even trust my mama. How deep is that? Hello. Wow. That's how I was raised. Mama said, you do not bring women around your man. Because if you do, you're basically offering them to your man. Because a man is a man is a man. So why would you have a woman all up in your house? Every She's the third wheel on your date. Come on, girl. Come on over here. Me and my man get ready to go. You want to come? Uh, no. Because when it goes down, mm-hmm. I said when, not if, when. When it goes down, you should. Right. You had her around him. You had you gave him an opportunity to lust after something that was in front of him that you know may be enticing. You know, and absolutely. That's happened to so many of my girlfriends. Um, and and they are devastated. Don't be devastated. Stop bringing these women around your men because men. It's their nature to look. It's their nature to lust. I don't care how in love with you he is. You are bringing another female around your man. What do you even if he, yes, and even if he has bad energy, or if I feel like he feels uncomfortable, whatever, I stay away. Either way, sometimes yeah. many are kind. Men are kind of funky like that, and um. Or I don't have it too often where I have the wandering eye, but when it happens, um, yeah, the best thing to do is to stay away. Mm-hmm. The best thing to do is staying away. And if you're listening, um, you can listen live on the wakeupradio.com. This is Divine Femininity. The phone number to call in is 844-818-4433. And sign up, please, at OTW. Cindy, did you have something else you want to chime in on this before we get to the next one? Okay, well, I mean, I'm old enough, right? I think the statute of limitation for this one is up. Uh, Yeah, I was. I was like, I was young. I was a teenager and met this guy over the summer and kind of like hung out with him. He was cool, physique, nice, everything. Um, We hooked up. His pee-pee was like a little baby toe. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't go back. It wasn't, it was horrible. Um, and then I met this girl uh, starting school. We met on the train. We're talking. She's telling me about her man, how wonderful he is. Lord, why did, why did, why was the same boy? Oh, God. 
It's the same boy. Oh no. Oh my it was God. one of those like mm. but I had just met her. So it, it was one of those like locking it away. It's not like I had planned on seeing him again and I didn't say anything. And we we did become good friends. They ended up breaking up. Oh god. Right? Because that was that like heavy on my heart. Heavy on my heart. And so I know that there are people who hook up with people and you don't tell them you do you get what I'm saying? It was just an uncomfortable moment. Well, I was at the house with her and she left us in the room and it was like crickets. Oh. Yeah. See, mama said. <laughs> you got to watch your friends too. Because I remember when I was in high school and there was this guy that I was dating in high school. And this girl was supposed to be my best friend. And um, she actually, you know, he was a play, you know, when you were in high school, you know. Some guys are committed, but most aren't. And um, this particular guy I was dating, you know, was was being a man, being, a, you know, being a young man or whatever. And this girl that was supposed to be my best friend was actually hooking him up with another girl that I knew. And I was like, wow, that's how y'all doing it out here? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, so some of us females are, are scandalous. You know, you got these women that'll be around your man. They wear these tight clothes and they 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 particularly slide around your man with with their butt all up in their face, got their titties all out, all types of stuff. You know, we, you know, got to watch out for stuff like that. Yes, ma'am. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You got to watch out. You have to really watch out. And like I said, it's not worth it breaking up a friendship over a guy because men come and go. But if it's, yeah, men come and go, but good friendship lasts forever. Yes. And if she's insecure with a man that she can't even trust, like you said, not even have your mama around, then why would you want a man like that? Right. Right. Why would you even want someone like that? You can't even trust him. You got to watch him all the time. It's the women for me. Yes. <laughs> it's not the man because the man it's the man's nature. We if you know a man's nature, then you already know that thing jumps if the wind blows. Exactly. It's the women for me. So why would I bring women around? I I'm a female. I know some thoughts that cross my mind that should not have, not saying that I acted on them. But the thought, and you have to rein that thought in, like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. We don't do that. That is not, mm-hmm. not what we do. However, he's fine. But I'm right, exactly myself. But women know women. Women, we know how we move. We know the oh, yeah. our minds. So it's not a question of the man, because we already know how men are. It's men are simple. It's it they're 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 visual. Uh, yes, they know they look good. It just looks good. It's, it's you know, but women though, <laughs> women will see you being doted up, doted on, treated like a queen, and depending on where they are in their life, depending upon that, they could look at you and say, "Tag, I wish I had that." Oh, she does have a good man. My sister, yes. good for herself. Shoot, I wish I had. And that wish sometimes turns into envy. You have to be careful. Yes. Yes. That wish does come into envy. Yes. Well, so- never really, uh, there's a saying, right? You don't know what 
somebody had to do to get what the hell they got. And we shouldn't envy anyone. Absolutely. Anybody, right? And so a lot of times I am, I myself, I go out my way to make sure that I make people feel comfortable. If you're my sister, I want you to feel comfortable. Um, but there are good men out there, believe it or not, that will be like, oh no, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh no, 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 right? I'm not trying to mess up what I have. So those men do exist. Where are they? Somebody tell me. But <laughs> they, they they do exist. Um, I'm somebody that like even if I'm uh, dating a guy and his friend hits on me, I'll say something. I oh yeah, I nip that shit in the bud. I don't play that shit. I'm like, uh, yeah, he was doing too much, too 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 much. Oh, that's my best friend. Okay, maybe yesterday, but not today. Not trying to mess nobody's shit up, but sometimes you you got to keep shit real, right? On a, on a thousand percent, especially if this is somebody you're going to spend your life with. Who else are they out there banging and, you know what I'm saying? Who else they out there talking and shit? Now with all this HIV, AIDS, all this fucking STDs, herpes, the gift that keeps on giving. Now with all that right. shit out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, don't, don't forget I- Rona. Don't forget Rona. <laughs> But yeah, I I do agree. I I like I said, I've been in that situation before with with you know my significant other bringing me around his boys and his boys, you know, trying to slide something into my what 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 are you doing? Where's your loyalty? Isn't there some form of code or something y'all supposed to you know live by? Um, I don't do that. So I and and I do let them know up front, like you said, Cindy, nipping in the bud. Oh, I'm I'm listen, I might as well put my t-shirt on. Let me snatch my t-shirt and don it and let you know I do tell. I tell, and I'm gonna put that on a t-shirt. I do tell. So stay out of my ear. Don't come for me, especially if you're friends with my man. Don't do that. Because I'm a snitch. I'm a snitch. Snitch, right? And not even a dry snitch, but a real live snitch. <laughs> real time. <laughs> I don't like it because that means that he's not to be trusted around you. That means he wants what you have. And that's not the type of brother that you want to be cool with. Africa is a continent, and as many of us know, the continent is not a single country. Africa is currently divided between 54 different independent countries, but what would happen if all of these countries united today to form a united African state? What would Africa the country look like in the world, and how powerful of a country would it actually be? For starters, Africa is huge and covers over 20% of all the land on Earth, making it about 70% of the same size as all of Asia, or about three times the size of all of Europe. 1.2 billion people currently live in Africa, or about 16% of the entire global population. So interestingly, a united African state would actually have a smaller population than both India and China. But this wouldn't be the case for very long, since Africa is currently experiencing the largest population boom in the world. The population of the continent has doubled since just 1990, and the continent is expected to surpass the populations of both India and China in the same year, 2022. 
According to official UN estimates, the population of Africa is expected to reach a massive 4.4 billion people by the end of the 21st century and comprise 39% of the global population. This enormous demographic shift in the future will ensure that a united African state has a dominant position in the world, but it comes with several challenges. The population of Africa currently is the youngest in the world, with a median age of just 19.7 years old compared to the global average of 30.4 years old. Literacy rates are also low, with only 64% of the population being considered literate, but this varies between regions. In Libya, for example, the literacy rate is very high at 94.2%, while in South Sudan it is very low at only 27%. HIV infection rates in the continent would also pose a severe challenge to the United Africa, as 11% of the population in Sub-Saharan Africa is currently infected with the disease. In addition to these challenges, a United African state would also struggle with the extreme diversity on the continent. Africa is the most linguistically and ethnically diverse continent on the planet, where somewhere between 1,250 and 3,000 languages are spoken. Because of this, Africa is the most multilingual place in the world, where many people speak at least two African languages and one additional European language. A situation similar to South Africa, where there are 11 official languages, would probably have to exist. The most common languages are Arabic, spoken by about 17% of the population, mostly in North Africa, Swahili by about 10% located mostly in Southeast Africa, Berber by 5%, and Hausa by another 5%. English, French, and Portuguese are very common lingua francas understood by a large amount of people, where English is understood by 13% of the population, French close behind at 11.5%, and Portuguese by 3%. All of these languages would probably have official status as well as several others. There are hundreds if not thousands of different ethnic groups that exist in Africa. We're used to seeing this map to represent the continent, but a more accurate map may be this one, which shows how incredibly diverse the continent really is. Because of this, it's almost impossible to give figures for exact ethnic populations in the continent, but no one single group would even have over an 8% share of the total population. In terms of religions, here is a religious map of the continent. Christians and Muslims would be almost perfectly divided with each faith claiming about 47% of the continent's population. Traditional African religions would represent about 10% of the population, and this adds to more than 100% because several people hold mixed beliefs. About a final 2% of the population would be atheist or non-religious. Next, we have a map of where the 10 largest cities on the continent are located. The biggest city, Lagos in Nigeria, has a greater population than all of Romania combined. But despite this, it probably wouldn't be the capital city. I predict that the capital city would probably be located here in Ethiopia at Addis Ababa. This is because an organization called the African Union already exists, similar in some ways to the European Union in Europe. The African Union's headquarters are already located in Addis Ababa, and the United Nations Economic Commission for Africa is also headquartered here. Addis Ababa is often already called the political capital of Africa, so it would make sense to agree that the city would serve as the capital city of the United Continent as well. Cairo and Johannesburg would probably be the largest financial centers of the United Africa and serve very important roles as well. Africa is incredibly rich in natural resources, possessing 90% of the world's platinum, 50% of its gold, 50% of its diamonds, and another 33% of its uranium. Despite this, however, it remains the poorest continent on the planet. The United African State would have a GDP of 2.39 trillion US dollars, making it only the seventh largest economy in the world. It would barely beat out India's economy, but remain behind those of France, the United Kingdom, and Germany. The GDP per capita of Africa would only be $1,992 per year, but that figure isn't totally accurate of how crushing the poverty on the continent actually is because of rampant government corruption.
According to the World Bank, poverty is defined as living under $1.25 per day. Based on that, 50% of the population of Sub-Saharan Africa would be living in poverty, with the average poor person on the continent living on less than 70 cents per day. This picture kind of highlights how severe this problem is, especially when you compare it to other continents. But Africa has a lot of room to grow. The continent is projected to be the quickest growing region in the world in the future, and her GDP is expected to finally overtake France and the United Kingdom by 2023, but will still remain behind Germany then. All things considered though, Africa certainly has the potential if it united to become a superpower by the close of the 21st century. It would have a massive population to fuel a massive army and a potentially huge economy that could one day rival the rest of the world. With one flag, Africa the country would be a united continent optimistically looking forward to what the future would bring for her. Wow, so that was a great video, a lot of information. Um, so the question is, how did our tribes unify before colonization and uh, getting back to the roots? How did we have historical tribal unification? Um, all I know is I'm ready to go. <laughs> That's it. I'm just ready to head back to the motherland. Like I'm ready to snatch my boo, my girls, and let's go. Um, and you know, it's more of us need to consider this. You think you think they did a lot of trading? The fact that Africa has so much resources and uh, the people have so much skills, right? All the indigenous things they learn, right? Whether it was uh, medicine or um, just building, right? It, building or you know, when they do the wells, right? They create Alkebalon, right? So Alkebalon, right? Not everybody knew how to do everything, but everybody knew how to do something which helped you to build this fantastic, loving community. And so what like what happened, right? Did the oppressor came and did what? Divide and conquer, right? Religion? Because they did say religion. Oh, half the population is this. And and it's poorest nation. Now with all that motherfucking gold and diamond. Not that right. And you a whole damn lie. You on here just. And they perpetuate the same thing, right? So even when you're in school, they'll tell you, well, Africa, you don't want to go there. I don't know if anyone of the teachers ever told you that. But I've heard the white teachers say that. You don't want to go there. You know? And you're thinking, uh, you know, spears and 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 loincloths and you're not wearing and flies on the eye, right? Right? Because they'll show you, you can feed a child for two cents a day type shit. And so I, I believe that um, as a people, because even now, right? Think about how your family works and how you guys took care of each other through 2020. If <laughs> How many people didn't have jobs, but somehow people got fatter. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, they did, didn't they? Uh, at COVID-20. <laughs> Not COVID-20 pounds. Easy. You know, Africa being one of the largest continents, they can be their own country within a country. When you think about India being inside of Africa, who don't even relate to us. Mm -hmm. And you think about all the different various countries. How did they colonize? I think they just they just worked within their in their group. You don't really hear too much about them crossing over one another. No. Not that I see. I don't see them talking about 
Nigeria going to India or, you know, and, and India, um, this, let me tell you some little fun fact. I was watching the Olympics and they were naming all the countries and, um, they, there were so many countries that I never heard of in Africa that were, that are representing the Olympics. And I said, oh my gosh, I really need to break out my, you know, my encyclopedia. And when we were just looking at this video and watching that map, look at all in the middle, all those small little countries and all those languages. How did they, oh, how are they working together? And just like you said, um, Cindy, you know, we, <laughs> we know that there are parts of Africa. The question is how does 97, like when in <clears throat> South Africa, how do the whites own the majority of the country and then the rest of people are suffering? Well, yeah, that's because they have trades over here in America and they can go back and forth where they cannot. So you have people that are eating fat and people that are starving. I think also, you know, uh, Letitia was saying, hi, Letitia. Uh, <laughs> she was saying even the tribes we had here in so-called America, right? So we do know we were here first. Yeah. So yeah. I was told by my daddy, he, he told me about Pangea, right? Let's let's go with the hypothesis, right? Uh, Pangea, all the continents are connected and Africans have been all over, right? They've come, you know, we've all spread out. And I wanted, Mrs., what is it? Uh, Mississippi is the Nile. I don't know if you heard that. And Chicago is... Oh my gosh, what is it called? Chicago is the Mecca Center. Like there are places here that's called the same thing over there. So I don't really? know if you ladies are aware. Yes, of that. yes. So. Since the continent of Africa was colonized, it's still dealing with the vestiges of a colonial mentality. It's still recovering from 400 and 50 years of slavery. You know, so Africa is, Africa is, 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 is in recovery mode. Even African them, Africans themselves have little understanding of African history and culture. I know continental Africans who know nothing about uh, the history and culture. Uh, continental Africans on, uh, on the West Coast who know little about the history and culture on the East Coast who don't understand that it's part of the same culture. Uh, uh, Professor Sheikh Atajop talked about the cultural unity of, of Africa. Uh, there's also a spiritual un uh, unity that undergirded the cultural unity of Africa. There's a protege of Jop by the name of Bakilam um, uh, um, who wrote a book called Paths from the Nile, Paths from the Nile. And in that book, he talked about the fact that when the people of Kemet came to the realization that Kemet was going to fall and that with the fall of Kemet, uh, that would mean that all of the knowledge, 2,500 years or more of historical, cultural, scientific, philosophical, spiritual information was, was potentially going to fall into the hands of the coming invaders, the Arab invaders, the European invaders. And they knew that that knowledge was too important, too powerful to allow to fall into the hands of infidels. And so decisions were made by the priests and priestesses in Kemet to parcel up that information 
and to ship it to West Africa during the course of six different migrations. And that, that knowledge, parcels of that knowledge, uh, were taken to, to Senegal, which influenced uh, the development of Wolof culture and traditions. Other pieces of that information were taken to, uh, to Ghana, to Benin, to Togo, and influenced uh, to Nigeria, and influenced uh, the Ga community. Uh, the, the Yoruba traditions, and the last piece of that information went into uh, Mali and influenced uh, the Dogon culture. So we have branches of comedic uh, astronomy, um, psychology, science, mathematics, kingship patterns, and others that have been integrated into cultures in West Africa. So what, what we know, those who have studied this subject matter, uh, know is that the world is indebted to Nile Valley culture and civilization and that Europeans understand that clearly and they, that is the primary reason why they have co-opted uh, Nile Valley studies. That is the, primarily the reason why they had to remake the image of King Tut in the image of a white man, why they had to remake the image of his mother Nefertiti into a white woman, you know, why they relegate uh, of the 30 dynasties in Kemet, they relegate the 25th dynasty to black folk, the, the Kushite dynasty or the, or the Negro dynasty. You know, so, so that is a lie, that is a falsehood that is, that is disappearing right before our very eyes. Um, and, and so it's important for us now as we move through, throughout a period of, of uh, cultural memory restoration. It's important for us to know the real history of our culture and civilization, the real history of our tradition, not the European uh, reimaginings of what Africa was and was not. But look at Africa through the eyes of African people, continental Africans and African Americans, and then begin to put the pieces of this puzzle together uh, to reconstruct this memory, to reconstruct this history so that we can see who we really are and then live up to our potential as African people, whether we're in America, West Africa, South Africa, or East Africa right now. Because as many Africans uh, in the Nile River Valley who have succumbed to uh, the conquerors of, of, of um, the Islamic tradition, who believe more in, in, in Allah, than they do their African ancestors. they are Africans in Ethiopia who believe more in, in, um, in Solomon and in, 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 in Jesus than they do Asar and Aset. So uh, we've got a lot of work to do to undo that brainwashing, uh, but the work is being done now and that I can foresee in the near future, and the near future means somewhere between the next 200 and 500 years, a dramatic shift in consciousness. And once that shift takes place, then the world is going to be turned right side up. Uh, order will be restored and African people will be in their proper place in order to continue our great and mighty walk, as Dr. John Henry Clark referred to. I did not know that. I didn't know that. Well, I mean, if you think about all the, the like the pyramids here, right? Oh, yeah. They don't know how to build those pyramids, by the way. Let it make sense. Well, they wanted to go, if you're, when you're talking even about the pyramids, they, the, the white people wanted to go on there and say that it was some type of science, how they were able to build those pyramids. Right. How they were, and we know that was that those, those pyramids were hand built somehow, some way, because they couldn't figure it out. They tried to downgrade 
what the Egyptians and the Africans were doing to build because they couldn't make sense of it. Yeah. They looked at the, the weight, the dimensions and the blocks and they was like, this is impossible. This is just impossible. It has to be science. Yeah. Well, they're finding pyramids here now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We have pyramids here too. Since finding out 6% of us came from Alkebalon. Before we can discuss Alkebalon, we must first talk about the man who discovered its original name for us, Dr. Yusuf Ben. Born on December 31st, 1918, and passing on March 19, 2015, Dr. Ben was a writer, historian, and orator of African studies. Dr. Ben was named one of the most vital and radical Afrocentric voices of his generation by New York Times. Thanks to his studies in Africa, he recovered so much knowledge to hone and teach to our future generations and greatly help advance our people. If you ever had to wonder why our people are so unique, his research will give you the answers you are looking for and so much more. In 1940, Dr. Ben immigrated to the United States. He began his teaching career in 1950 after years of tours in Egypt, Ethiopia, and Sudan. Through his studies and expeditions, he would discover the beauty of Africa. And through his studies, he would discover Africa's original name, Alkeblon. America uses the word scenes, areas, and sites to depict Africa, its people, and its society. Those depictions are slander compared to the true beauty and opportunity of its people. Akebalon, according to Kemetic history, is of many meanings, one being mother of mankind and another being Garden of Eden. Akebalon obtained his name by his inhabitants of its different tribes for they had no monolithic society. These names come as many, Kush, Akebalon, Ethiopia, Libya, and ladies of all, Africa. Even the great and massive Atlantic Ocean was once dubbed the Ethiopian Sea. Akebalon received the current name of Africa after being conquered by Scipio Africanus, also known as the elder. Scipio was a Roman general, born of the Partitian families, high nobility, and privilege. In 205 BCE, Scipio was elected to his council and sought out to lay siege on Akebalon. Taking advantage of Akebalon's various tribes and their lack of a monolithic society, in 204 BCE, Scipio landed in Akebalon with an army close to 35,000 soldiers. Once a Roman general has conquered land territory, that land is named after this conquering general in the Roman system. It is a lot to consider that when I say I'm African-American, I'm voicing the man's name that led to the conquering of our ancestors and in time would also open the door to our slavery. It's important to know where we started, who we are, what we've done, for us to understand what we can accomplish. Our unity would generally determine our future. So I, I just wanted to say, you know, um, I was just looking at an article and it says that Africa is basically broken up into three parts. 
and it's based on the uh, colonialism. And you have the Soviet, Soviet Union that's trying to penetrate one part of Africa. And then you have Arab Africa. And then you have mm. European Africa. Mm. Um, that's how Africa is like literally broken up because uh, they literally came over years ago and took the land, took control um, of tribal uh, unions back in the day. So now you have all of this presence um, without us, <laughs> without us there. Like we have no say, we are all over here in the United States. Um, we don't even associate ourselves to our own uh, motherland. And that's something that we, we probably need to start looking into the same way that they're doing every that's right influx of them uh migrating to africa there's a reason why africa has no hurricanes no tornadoes none of the systems that weather systems that we have here mm -hmm. um or, or those um you know catastrophic uh weather events they don't have that it's almost like they're protected uh, or the continent is protected. Oh yeah, the government. You never hear about the government rushing over to Africa saying, we're running over to Africa to free the people. Never. They yeah. invade all these other countries. Mm -hmm. Iran, Iraq, yeah. um, Pakistan, and all those countries. But you never hear them saying that they're running over to Africa. Well, so that's for a reason. I mean, honestly, if you really think about it, right, the whole religious aspect of how we are as a people and imagine uh, I've read things that said when they first saw the white man, they thought it was a ghost. They thought it was a spirit. Right. And now imagine the spirit handing you over this book and then <laughs> and then telling you, you know, we are brother and sister. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're in fucking chains. But nonetheless, <laughs> you know. It, it's it's to the point where it's like, did we lose our way once we were so loving? The fact that we're so loving and such a peaceful, and I know people get on us and say, yeah, we kill each other and stuff like that. But we are loving. The fact, the, the stuff that I see, you know, the fact that someone can kill your child and you can still hug the oppressor. That's a special person. I ain't got that kind of love in my heart. Do you get what I'm saying? Because if you kill one of mine, we all going to die. If I got the mm -hmm. That's right. glory. Do you get what I'm saying? So we must be from a special type of tribe that we about to set everything on fire. Tribe. <laughs> I think I'm from that tribe. Yes. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> For sure. Because there's no way in saying forgiveness, which I know would be for myself. But yeah, we're definitely a special type of people. Um, Angie, did you want to chime in on that? Okay, yeah, it's a lot. How about you, Tareen? Did you want to chime in on that, on the topic? Yeah, I was going to, you know, I was going to say, like, for one, like, they know that we were tribal people, right? So they have, to me, it's like, you know, white man, the man, you know, he, he has given so much of his ideology of our mm -hmm. history that a lot of us actually adapt to what they put out for us to make up of our own history, you know? Um, and, and with that being said, you know, it, it's important for us to have our own, our own ideologies, you know, like 
we need to be discovered. You know, let them discover us. You know, and instead of them putting out an ideology to where we're discovering ourselves through their thoughts with the information that they put out there for us. You know, because we're we're we are powerful enough to gather our own information and give them the information like no you it's time for you to discover us okay we have been discovering ourselves through your mm-hmm. ideology for so long through the way that you have um afflicted slavery on us physically and mentally you know absolutely um, and, absolutely. and, and, and yeah like it's man it's it, it is crazy. I'm going to read this. Letitia says uh, she sent me something and it says in late January 2021, tropical cyclone Eloise caused widespread damage and heavy flooding in central Mozambique. The storm displaced more than 16,000 people, damaged around 17,000 houses and killed more than a dozen people across a few countries in the southeast Africa. Ugh. That's them people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's you talking about hop? What you say about hop? No. <laughs> okay. And that's and that's not common. That is not common in Africa. So, but but you gotta understand too. You have scientists these days that manipulate our weather systems. If they want us to move from a certain location, they know mm-hmm. how to make it happen. Take right. A- Happen in Louisiana. Take a look at what happens down south in those southern states when they mm. pull out of those areas. But weather is being manipulated. You have uh, Bill Gates that wants to block out the sun. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to try. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I've been waiting for this one. Oh, yes. This is the finale for sure. The bombshells dropped today in New York's case against R. Kelly. For the first time, we're hearing of a John Doe, a young boy. R. Kelly is accused of abusing and a Cook County official bribed. Our Jermont Terry read the court document front to back live at our Streetside studio tonight. Jermont. Brad, the feds are laying it all out in these 52 pages. The new accusations accuse bribery of a clerk here in Cook County and describe young boys as R. Kelly victims too. New federal documents from NYC for the first time accuse R. Kelly of molding young boys. In 2006, court papers show Kelly Miller, John Doe number one, then asked the boy what he was willing to do to succeed in the music business and clarified he wanted John Doe number one to engage in sexual contact with Kelly. The teen introduced Kelly to a male friend. The complaint goes on to say, years later, Kelly started a sexual relationship with John Doe number two. At times, even paid John Doe number two after sexual encounters with him. The complaint says the boys met Kelly when they were both 17. Prosecutors say they have a witness who will testify Kelly made her download child pornography involving boys. The complaint says they found screen recordings of young males engaging in sex acts. One video is approximately 10 minutes long. Prosecutors say Kelly's cell phone had a video on the device, also indicates the file was created on the device in May 26, 2019. It was just a quick little ceremony. That was months after the surviving R. Kelly documentary was released. In the series, countless women spoke about what they describe as physical and sexual abuse by Kelly. The federal papers say in 2019, Kelly's crisis manager told Kelly that he had two people who know a lot and told Kelly to figure out what you can do for them. 
suggesting the people were open to bribes. Those bribes include someone who works at the Cook County Courthouse. Prosecutors say the crisis manager told Kelly he'd pay the clerk in Cook County $2,500 in order to obtain information about Kelly's legal trouble. Feds say there's a recording of the entire conversation. Now, R. Kelly remains in federal custody in New York City. The R&B singer maintains his innocence, yet he is still facing two separate trials, one here in Chicago and the federal case in NYC. Kelly's attorney has until the end of this month to respond to these new accusations. Otherwise, his federal trial in New York gets underway in August. Reporting live in the Streetside studio tonight, Jermont Terry, CBS2 News. Brad? Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Just one just when we thought it couldn't get any worse. Hells is hell. <laughs> R. Kelly looking like a lab rat right now. Yeah. I, I feel, I, I I can't say that I feel for him. I feel for the victims. Yes. Uh, boys. Yeah. yeah. This, this, this is, uh, this is crazy. Like it, it kind of ties into that whole Illuminati thing in the music industry, how they say, you know, it's a lot of, uh, you know, gay activity, homosexual activity going on in the music industry. And I feel like a lot of people have caught on to that and is conscious and aware of, of the different things that goes on in the music entertainment. That's why a lot of artists are being more geared towards independence and not actually signing with these record labels. But you see how, you know, they always try to beat karma by letting the information in to what they're doing. Because this is crazy. You ain't never seen this on like a, like we always heard about things that go on in the industry through, um, you know, uh, just people having word of mouth and people posting up videos of their opinions and different things that they know, you know, from the inside. But you don't really see too many news broadcasts on things like this. Um, except for, I know Wendy Williams, you know, she was like, I mean, to my knowledge, uh, you know, the only person that I know of that that was actually in the industry that exposed certain things. But other than that, you wouldn't hear, you know, any type of executive talks like news media talks like this on, you know, besides Michael Jackson. But that's because he was too great. But it just looks like this is just like, oh, let's just throw R. Kelly under the bus. You know, they already know he's doing this. You know, we about to just put it all put it all out there but yeah we we already know the different things that goes on um in that entertainment business and it, it it's it's sad yeah and for the mere fact that he was already sleeping with underage girls first of all he's just a sexual addict period he's a yes. um he's a pedophile and pedophiles just want sex. I, it doesn't surprise me that he has these allegations. In fact, the the, the two um, boys have probably told someone before. Nobody probably wanted to listen to them and they brushed it to the side. You understand what I'm saying? So it is not a wonder. But let me tell you something. Everything that has gone that's going on in the night is definitely coming out to the day. This 2020, 2021 great reveal is crazy and it's going to continue on. And yes. R. Kelly may never see the light yes. of day again. It just keeps on coming. And all those years, all those people that helped him cover up his sexual um, predatory ways with all those girls, they're all in on it too. They're all guilty. They should all be convicted with him. Well, you know something, R. Kelly learned 
what he learned in that industry. Um, not saying that it wasn't in him, but just to say he knew how to manipulate it and keep it hidden. He learned that from the Harvey Weinsteins <laughs> out there. Yeah. That's who was really dominating, uh, you know, the entertainment and, and, and media industry. It was white men. That was their vice. Mm -hmm. They did. Now, and wait a second, Jackie. Wait a second. Now, I you know, I didn't watch the whole thing of Majigam with the, with the Art Kelly, whatever the hell. And by the way, he was behind that production. Let it make sense. Um, so I guess we were the priest that needed to hear all of this shit. But he, he talked about being, um, he, he used to have to sleep with his aunt. I was going to say that. He was molested himself. He, he was molested. That was my next yes, thing I was going to say. Yes, he was molested. It's learned behavior. It's learned behavior. Um, but when you're talking about man, that's that's taking place in households in the community. Oh yes, yes. When you're, when you're in the entertainment industry and that whole big industry, that's mm -hmm. something that has been going on for many, many, many years um, and been hidden. You know, money talks. Money. You have power when you have money. You can you can make things disappear when you have that type of money. Um, but one one thing that I noticed is that is as well as with Bill Cosby, when you have black entertainers that are uh, moguls, damn near, uh, they're gonna take them down. That they're they're too powerful, um, and they have too too many people in the industry uh, that know about it. Don't mm -hmm. say anything about it. They hide it. They actually deliver the children to them. And nothing is being said. But now that it's being exposed, and like I said, you got the Harvey uh, Weinstein. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. But you have many of them that have been doing this and exposing our children, our young children, their young children, um, to these acts in order for them to just get a contract. And, you know... It's truly sad because th these are pedophiles. Right. It is a sickness, definitely a sickness. Um, and it's sad it's going on that way. Angie, did you have, any, have anything you wanted to add to it about R. Kelly? Regarding that, I mean, I've been seeing what's been happening for like the past couple of years and especially with the whole thing with Aaliyah too. But um, um, I don't know if it was Toreen who mentioned it earlier, but I feel like when it comes to the music and... Um, when it comes to like the actors, the industry is just really messed up because um, even from there, there's a lot of adults now who talk about things that happened to them when they were younger. And it's just messed up that the industry is like that, that I don't even know where the parents are. I don't even want to blame parents for this, but I'm just like, how did this even all happen? Like, do they keep parents from being around when the, you know what I mean? When the kids are actually filming and doing things because it's messed up, like how, does it get that far? And it's not, and it's a lot. It's a lot of them. And it really just sucks, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, here's my thing, right? So, um, Letitia, we love you, Letitia. Yeah, uh, Letitia. Because there are allegations that the woman stopped being paid, and that is when they started outing him. What are your thoughts on that? She's just working it from wherever she's at. Yes, mm -hmm. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that as well. Uh, 
you had one particular, I don't know if everybody watched that documentary, that series, but there was one particular uh, young lady whose parents, her mother actually knew that she was in a relationship with R. Kelly. Mm -hmm. um, I think they were working in a studio. She was supposed to be, uh, you know, he was supposed to be producing a, um, an album for her. And when it didn't happen is when the mother started, you know, coming out because he wouldn't allow the, the young lady to go back home. You know, uh, she was living there with a couple of other ladies. And that's when the mother mother started coming out saying, you know, I can't get my daughter. He won't let her my daughter come home. But she knew she knew her daughter was in a, a whole relationship with this man, grown man. So at what point does it at what point is it not OK that you allow your teenage daughter to have a relationship with a man and you allow it because of who he was, you know, at the time. So, I mean, some of the parents do have to be held accountable for that. And yeah, they knew that they were getting, they were getting money. The mother was getting money. She said it, but when the money stopped, I guess, um, yeah, it's time for my child to come home. Oh yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it's just really sad that mothers will sell out their children for a dollar and it's not uncommon this is a centuries old thing that we've done and sadly though but when it happens in the black community it hurts even more because we're already dealing from existing trauma and now you want to further trauma just for a buck yeah. now that girl is probably in therapy somewhere trying to figure out who she is now, i mean they talk about you know they say hurt people hurt people this, this is what they say yes mm -hmm. I try to often try to understand what the hell that means because I've been hurt. I ain't never laid down with no motherfucking child. There you go. <laughs> okay. That's exactly. what I'm saying. True. Those are big facts. I've been hurt. Um, I don't run around here trying to hurt others. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's sad. It's, um, it's just that predatory behavior. It is... Um, um, wicked minds and stolen treasures. Absolutely. You think about how the Jeffrey mm -hmm. Epstein thing was where he, it was children bringing him children Yeah, out in Florida. Children were bringing him children. What the fuck is going on? And parents knew nothing about it. And now I understand, you know, as children, we all got into some shit. But what is that about where someone does something to you, offers you 20 bucks, really 20 bucks, um, and you're like, okay, I'm going to go get this quiet girl over here. It's almost like, it's just like uh, the Hunger Games on a whole nother pedo level. Mm. Right. Yeah. It's insane and it's sad, but you know what? It's all coming out. Look at Epstein. All of a sudden he just committed suicide in jail. Hmm. But he could leave the jail. Yeah. Go out and, and, and who? I, I I want that type of time. If I do some fucked up shit, I want to be able to leave, go handle my business, come back, get my meal, have somebody fluff up my pillow, and mm -hmm. then leave the next day. How is that? How is that even prison time? Yeah, no. but guess what? In the end, they got his ass. They sure did. They he, took him out in the end. He knew too much. 
he was friends with a lot of people in high places. Mm -hmm. And what they, you know the saying, birds of a feather flock together. They all knew. He was hanging with Bill Gates, who tried to deny. But I mean, pictures don't lie, right? Yes. You know what the little nerd looked like? I don't right. But <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? A little cockroach look like. He uh, up in the picture with him, told my he don't know him. You ever hear somebody tell you they don't know somebody? You'd be like, motherfucker, you know that motherfucker. Step back and like, you know him. <laughs> you, know him. <laughs> you know him. You're going. We got, and then look, somebody got pictures of y'all together. Somebody got a picture of y'all together. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein may be dead, but this story isn't. A shocking new report from the New York Times sheds light on the connection between Microsoft founder Bill Gates and the late Jeffrey Epstein. After Gates' name came up in connection with Epstein and MIT Media Lab, Gates gave a statement to the Wall Street Journal where he insisted he did not have any business relationship or friendship with Epstein. But new reporting from the New York Times outlines numerous meetings between Gates and Epstein and a conversation with Bill and Melinda Gates's foundation, a connection between their foundation and J.P. Morgan to set up a charitable fund that would financially benefit Epstein. You know what I want to know? Why? Joining me now, one of the New York Times reporters from this story, James B. Stewart, who is also the author of a new book I highly recommend, Deep State, Trump, the FBI, and the Rule of Law. Let's start with this. Gates says, no relationship, not on nothing. You report these two men met at least six times. What does Gates say about that? Well, I believe that there were more, and he, and he and his spokespeople would not say how many in total they actually met. But this included visits to the mansion, uh, seeing each other in Seattle, flying on Epstein's plane, when we all know Bill Gates has his own $40 million plane. Um, and then, as an investigative reporter, the, why would Gates say, oh, I had no relationship with him, when, of course, he knows what the, the facts are? So that's, that always sets off red flags for me. He also has one of the largest, most established foundations on his own. Yes. Why would they ever set up a charitable trust benefiting Jeffrey Epstein? Well, not only does he have the world's largest charitable foundation, but one of their primary missions is to help young women in un underprivileged countries. Jeffrey Epstein was preying on young women from Eastern Europe, from South Africa, luring them into his web. And it's the antithesis of what the Gates Foundation stands for. And by the way, there were Gates Foundation employees who were horrified when they realized what Jeffrey Epstein had done and was saying, we don't want to have anything to do with this. And yet the project went on. And what is the Gates explanation? for this that it was all about philanthropy that Bill Gates just wanted to find new sources of money but you when you went and met with Jeffrey Epstein a year and a half ago I read your piece you knew straight out of the gate something didn't add up it smelled foul Bill Gates didn't notice that one of well, the smartest guys in the world I mean he's a registered sex offender and after I rang the doorbell it opens and there is a, a beautiful young woman standing there who I didn't think was 16 but she could have been you know 19 or something and I thought Whoa, a sex offender has a beautiful young woman opening the door. So I didn't even have to go through the door before I realized there's something really weird going on. As soon as he denied it, the pictures went viral. There you go. <laughs> you can't hide under a piece of dirt these days. What are you talking about? Don't try to lie. Don't lie. Don't lie, Craig. Don't lie, Craig. Don't lie. <laughs> they need to really be promoting more of this, uh, some type of medication for mental health like that, not that. So much the same depression you know that they be trying to you know they always trying to advertise different medications for depression they need to be advertising different
different type of medications for people that got that type of mental illness. Shoot. Oh, it's called castration, girl. That girl, you read my mind, Cindy. Yeah, okay. Let's get rid of my mind. Right. Desires that they have. And how do you, I, you know, it's beyond me. What do you see in a child? You can't even have a conversation. You can't even have an adult conversation. Like, what is that conversation about? How is school today? Would you learn in, in, in history? No, uh, that, no, not even. Because if you think about it, older men like younger women because they're what? When we're young, we're dumb. We don't yeah. know nothing. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Very. And I won't lie. You know, when I was 15, I will tell you, I, I have to be honest. You know, this is an honest moment. <laughs> when I was 15, I had a boyfriend that was 33. Of course, I was sneaking. But now that I'm older and I have daughters, I look great in orange. <laughs> orange. <laughs> you understand? But when I was 15, I had a 33-year-old boyfriend. Wow. Dated him because he was a seamstress. He was making my clothes. Mm. So it was nothing back then. You know, as a, as a female, we did whatever we did. It is what it is. However... Now that I think about it, he was a pedophile. Mm-hmm. I ain't never like no older dudes. I ain't even me either. Oh, for real, like right. when I, I like older guys. Seventeen. I met a dude that was like he told me he was about twenty-two. Man, when I found out that, that motherfucker was twenty, I was so fucking pissed. I was like, dudes do lie about the age, by the way, because I, I was never the girl to lie about my age, but. There are girls that's 15 that'll say, oh, I'm 25. But you know she's not 25. Yes. Well, when I was in middle school, there used to be this man, like, about the same age, 22, hanging up at the school, at the middle school. And I was going there for summer summer class. And I remember walking up to him, and I asked him, why are you at this school every day? And, you know, the fact that no security even gave a damn that he was even on campus, he was out there scouting young girls <laughs> and that meant he was at the campus every single day. And I thought that was just creepy and nasty. It is disgusting. And I'm yeah, a, that's disgusting. Yeah. Like, like Cindy said, I'm a snitch. Oh, I'm a live snitch. Let me catch you hanging around the school. Let me see you. I'm calling the police. As a matter of fact, I'm going to see if I can find one. I'm going to walk the block and see if I can find one on foot so I can bring them around to you. And and that happened about four years ago here in my area. There was a dude hanging beside the school. And the, the girls um I guess school let out at around 3 30. And he was like he was there with a pair of see-through leggings on. And this brother was abnormally endowed. Abnormal. Mm. Yes. And his pants were see-through. It was like spandex pants almost, like gray. Mm -hmm. I saw him standing behind the tree. And when I pulled up on him, I said, what are you doing? And then I saw the girls walking down the sidewalk from school. And I was like, oh, hell no. Oh, no. If, if you wasn't bigger, I'd fight you. But I, let me just go and find some law enforcement for your ass. Right. Check this. When I did find a police officer, he said, 
how did he look? And when I described the guy, he said, oh, yeah, I know who he is. You know, he, he lives in the area, but, you know, he keeps doing this. Why is he on the street? If you, what do you mean he keeps doing this? They know about him and they don't even check for him? They don't protect us. No. They don't. They don't protect us. Never, never. I mean, y'all heard about the, you know, Africa Bimbada. I know. The, oh, yes. yes right. Yes. And then the brother Hassan, right. And him saying, you know, he, he put it in between the booty hole. It wasn't in, but it was against or thigh rub, whatever the fuck. But nonetheless, his, his family used to send him over there. Right. So it's wow. sometimes if it's not about money, it's what you want your child to have what? Or the fact that uh, someone like Aaliyah's parents were like okay with her being with him. You know, they're boys and girls. Like their parents would be like, oh, well, I want my kid to be a star. So I'm going to let him hang out with Brad Pitt. Do you fucking know who he is? Or, you know, I'm going to let him hang out with this rapper. Do you know who he is? And a lot of times people be like, oh, I'm not, you know, like camera, I'm not snitching. But there's certain shit that's a no-go. If you know somebody's popping some little boy in the booty hole and he's a little kid, then you are blood on your fucking hands. Too. That's right. You're just yes. as guilty. You're just as guilty. We don't protect our children at all. We could no. do better. Sister, yeah. She said that there is a children's park mm -hmm. in San Fran County that has signs up that reads all or adults or either all children must be accompanied by an adult or vice versa because of the pedophilia. Oh, yes. And you know what? That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Parks, because they linger, those pedophiles, they linger. Yes. Schools and parks where our children, mm -hmm. they're not only pedophiles, we're talking about, uh, they abduct our children. Right here where I live in the DMV area, uh, you have 2,500 of our children that are missing. 2,500. That's a lot of children. That's hear, a lot. Yeah, that is a, a, an awful lot. And you don't really hear a lot about it on the news. It's not broadcasted like it should be. But I do remember about three years ago, um, they had a new lieutenant. Um, um, melanated female that took that position and that was her first priority. Mm -hmm. First priority. She brought light to it. I'm here and I didn't even know the numbers were that high. But when she stated it, she, she held a news conference and said there is no way 20 500 uh, I'm not sure if the numbers were that high then. There's no way she said that that was going to be her priority to find our children. So what she did find was a lot of them were runaway, runaway teenagers. They were still in the area, living at a friend's of a friend's or uh, another parent has taken them in of their friends. Mm -hmm. But they need to say something. You don't just take a child in and not either go to the police department and say, I have this child just in case the parent is looking for him. Because they're listed as missing, but the rest of them are missing. And that right. was, that's, go ahead, oh, sister. 
Oh, no, I was going to just give a, a, a fine fact. Uh, according to the FBI, in 2020, there were 365,348 NCIC, which is National Center for Missing and Exploited Children Missing. And But in 2019, it was 421,394. Weren't we supposed to be inside? How the fuck do almost 400,000 children go missing in 2020? During the pandemic. That half part. a million, almost half a million children went missing. Mm-hmm. Body parts. Wait, those were the ones that were uh, actually on paper. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And from what I, I read in an article before that many of children that go missing or exploited are not even reported. No, they're not. They don't even report it. No. Imagine parents already in trouble with DCFS. Yeah. And the kids go missing. And you're going to report that and you already got a case. That's the, that's the reason why so they don't report it. Yeah. It's the reason why. So that's the reason why it's so easy for pedophiles to uh, exploit our kids. Mm-hmm. Easy. It's like no one cares. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's truly sad. It's disheartening. Um, I keep a close watch on my children. I have three girls. Uh, I wish, uh, uh, I wish they would. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, so, Angie, we're going to get into your article that you have to get on to the next topic. Yes. So I'm just going to read through it and just, I guess, some of the okay. parts. So it says, Pastor apologizes for controlling girls' clothing instead of teaching boys to respect them. There is a stigma in society that oftentimes shuns girls for showing too much skin or wearing something too revealing. The age-old tale of girls should cover up rather than boys should respect women has been one that we have heard time and time again. But with numerous movements and social activism to fight for the freedom and respect of women and their bodies, people are now speaking out in support of women's decision to choose whatever she likes to wear. Let me find, there was two parts here. Um, it says, he said he is still against some things being seen. He says, I'm still a fan of the no produce rule, the no buns, bananas, a breast need to be seen, but why are stomachs overly sexual? Why is the little cleavage sinful? Why are women meant to feel they're responsible for men's act, actual sin of lust? He questioned. Um, Let me find the other one. Um, It says, one woman said that at her daughter's daycare, they made her swim with a t-shirt over her one piece when she was just four years old because her bathing suit crept up at the bottom. The mom was angry and said something to the daycare and they also reassess their decision. So I see this and I'm one of those people real big on um, when it comes to religion. Um, I feel like people could believe in whatever they want, but I've, I know I've said it before and I've said it on my shows, people are people. Um, we have this habit of putting people on a pedestal and such in high positions that I find very annoying because just like we were just talking before about pedophiles and things like that, I still feel that even in the church, there has been a lot of that going on. Um, again, which sucks. And that's, um, and that's really messed up because here we are again, people attending church, people that have so much, so much respect for the pastor and the priest and, and their belief so much in God, or, or again, whatever people, um, believe in. But the thing that I've always disliked is the fact of 
how some of us always doing this whole judging thing. And it's true what he said about, I think it's time that we need to teach boys, starting from boys, not men, starting from when they're young, how to, um, to respect girls as well. I'll never understand. Maybe it's just us as humans that we have this thing that when we see, um, and again, I can't even say for grown men because again, that shouldn't even be happening, but I don't know if that's another reason why they want always the women to cover up. I mean, I don't know what they expect from us to be walking around with long dresses to go into the water swimming. Um, I just, like I said, I just really find it annoying that it's always us women that have to make this big change, how we're seen like we're so, um, like, I don't know, like we're such saints or such nuns that, you know, we, we can do nothing wrong. Like, I don't know, but it just sucks that we're, it's always us women put in a position of, you know, everything we do is a problem and men can get away with a lot of stuff. And it's okay because as I say, boys will be boys or that's how men are, which I hate hearing that because I don't feel like, you know, we should be letting them get away with stuff. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Yes. And, you know, the thing about the church is the church have always been very chauvinistic and male dominated. So they've taken hundred year old rules and implemented them into the new age. So no matter what happens, um, boys get a pass because they're a male and girls always have to be accountable. And that's what they've done. Hi, kitty. <laughs> How cute. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what we're facing. And the fact that he even took responsibility for changing that narrative says a lot about the pastor, because, you know, what you're saying is that it's okay for young boys and uh, to violate women and young girls because the way she's dressing. Well, God, what if she's just wearing a pair of jeans and a t-shirt? You know, they don't have to be wearing a whole lot for a man to feel a sexual attraction towards a young lady. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's so horrible uh, when you think about, and I here's the thing, the church is supposed to be a healing place. The church is mm -hmm. like a hospital, right? And you go there to heal. And a lot of times you either come out good or you don't come out good at all. And I it, it reminds me of uh, Eddie, Bishop Eddie Long, you know, mm -hmm. sleeping with all the boys. Mm -hmm. And those people was on some ride or die for him and that that man gave those gave those boys um hiv the proof is in the pudding and people still were like okay well you know he didn't mean i i don't know how people could just justify certain things i don't care if someone's uh what a staple in the community of state staples hurt you know you ever had a staple go through your finger <laughs> a staple <laughs> in the community like what and this is cool for you and I, I i do think there's a way to say things so if someone you feel dresses not your way right times have changed times have changed it's not little house in the prairie anymore but if you felt like someone needed to, someone's 13, you're like, okay, baby, you know, make sure it's above. You know, my grandmother used to say, make sure the dress goes past your knee. Yes. Mm -hmm. That was that was a thing for me, right? Everybody's different. Now, I mean, everybody got on Band-Aids and uh, <laughs> I get it. I get it, right? Right? So, I mean, times have changed. But does that make it right for someone to kind of say, well, you deserve being raped because you would dress. That's like saying your lipstick was too red. That's why he touched you or you looked really, you smelled really nice today, Maxine. So I'm going to have to get in, in between your legs. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that a thing? You know? 
Right. And you got to remember, Cindy, is that a lot of these pastors and deacons and alike exploit the young girls and they um, they're pedophiles as well. Mm-hmm. We know that the Catholic the Catholic Church is the biggest culprit for molesting young boys. Yes. Right. There was a did y'all ever see the one with the, 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 the old priest was talking about, oh, it was OK for us to do stuff with boys. It wasn't it wasn't a sin. It's okay to sleep with little boys. Huh? We couldn't, it's the women we couldn't touch. Oh that's what he said. Mm-hmm. Well that's so it wasn't y'all keep talking. Let me see if I find it. Yes, the kids from Greshno was accompanied in groups and there was none with the group. Then one child at a time came to the confession, and when one had finished, another came. The nun had a collection of deaf and subnormal children from 5 to 6 up to 15 years old. When they came to confession, you had to see how hard it was. The only joke that I made was to a guy that I touched where I was not allowed to. It was a child who always came to see me in the room because he was cuddly. It was cold, and I told him, come to my room because it's cold outside. And at some point, he showed me his male member. The interviewer says, why did you touch him? Was it because you liked it? He showed me his male member, is the answer. Voluntarily? Yes, yes. He showed me what he did with the boys, and then he had hard on. At some point, I lost my head, too. I grabbed him from behind, and I said, damn it. That's it. Only once. Anyway, was what's happening in the room sinful? Is the questioner asked. No, it depends. Because males with males was a joke. Those are jokes. However, if with a woman, it becomes more dangerous. What is sin? It's having fun with the evil being pleased with the evil. But if you do something for a need, for a joke like this, it's okay, come on. As one has for smoking habit, one has the habit of... You feel the urge to unload. That's it. When one confessed his sins, he has the duty to forget them. The victims asked for a meeting with Jose Borgoglio, Bishop of Buenos Aires at that time. He was cardinal in Argentina. We victims of abuse tried to meet him. And no one received us. And he knew it. I'm sure he knew. Had the Vatican been informed of these pedophile priests? Yes, it had been informed because the victims had written several letters to the Vatican in 2013 and 2014. We decided to go to Rome and personally deliver a letter to the Pope because we hadn't received any reply in all those years. Asked us to forgive him for what happened and told us to pray for him, nothing else. Where where did the hell did they get that from? Is that is that in the Bible? Did, did we miss that part when they when they would do... um? Do that on Sundays? Because where the hell did they get that from? Now that That's what I want to know. You know, like they find ways, they, they, they find different, uh, different positions to hide behind. Like they, <laughs> I had an experience myself in church, um, which is why I don't go. I, um, I am a, uh, victor of a wicked past uh men you know taking advantage and i thought that my by me going to church to heal like you said church is like a hospital Mm -hmm. i would be okay 
And I, when I tell you I was at a time in my life that I needed it, I thought I did. So I ran to church. And literally on the second visit, uh, one of the deacons was sniffing my neck behind <laughs> sitting in the pew. Wow. My neck. And when I turned around and I looked at him, I said, well, what are you doing? He said, you smell nice. Literally, his nose is on my neck. Why? So I avoided him, started sitting on the other side. And I don't know how he got my number, but he started calling at on the late night. It was like nine o'clock. Hey, sister, I was, you know, in my spirit told me to give you a call and pray with you. Uh, could you call back at a, a reasonable time? I'm in the bed. Well, when when the Lord tells you to reach out, you do as the Lord says. So I'm just being obedient. Okay, all right. I, and see, I'm new. I'm new. I won't lie. It's not that I was real religious. But then the calls came later and later and later and later. It was like mm -hmm. 11, 30, 12, midnight. Like, what are you doing? So I stopped going. I just quit. And because it, it made me nauseous, it bothered me so that the one place that I thought that I would find solace is the one place that my past Archbishop um... on uh, repeat. And, and I could not do it. So when I saw the pastor uh, two years later, um, she asked, hey, why didn't you ever, what happened to you? I said, your deacon <laughs> is what happened. And she said, uh-uh, tell me what happened. I said, he was calling me. He was sniffing me in the church. He was telling me that I was, uh, mm -hmm. I, his, um, I was his wife. Uh, the Lord sent me to him. You know, all of this other stuff. It was wicked. And, and I never returned. So this is a uh, this is not the one I was looking for, but close enough because there's so many of them that like to um, bully little boys. Um, he's um, deposition clip of Archbishop basically saying mm -hmm. what he's saying. Yeah, hold on. You knew it was a crime for an adult to engage in sex with a kid. Uh, I'm not sure whether I knew it was a crime or not. I understand today it's a crime. When did you first discern that it was a crime for an adult to engage in sex with a kid? I don't remember. When did you first discern that it was a crime for a priest to engage in sex with a kid who uh, um, he had under his control? Uh, I don't remember that either. Do you have any doubt in your mind that you knew that in the 70s? I don't remember if I did or didn't. In 1984, you are a bishop in the auxiliary bishop in the archdiocese of uh, St. Paul in Minneapolis. You knew it was a crime then. Right. I'm not sure if I did or didn't. He didn't Cognitive know. dissonance. He knows. 
He had no he didn't know if it was okay for an adult to sleep with a child. The priest. He normalized it. Yeah, it's so normal for him. It, it he normalized it. He did. How sick. He did. And still wearing the yeah, robe. That, that, that just... <sighs> it's disgusting. And they hide yeah, behind. That just looked like a straight up demon, like a straight up they demon, stuck in his ways, not even like phased by the question. Like that, that, that mm -hmm. was crazy. Guess why? Because he has all those priests and 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 the diocese and all that backing him. Right. They all back him. Yeah. Uh, did he ever do jail time? Probably not. You know, they probably just put him, they probably sent him to the Caribbeans or Peru or Honduras. You know how they yeah. send him to the third world country to touch those children. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You yeah. know, so this is the sickness that's going on. So isn't it a wonder why um, when the churches look at the little girls and tell them they need to be a certain way while they're doing the, while they're telling the little girls to look out for that, these, the priests and are, are molesting the boys. It's so hypocritical. I was, to, I used to be big time in the church and I remember them talking about, yeah, you know, homosexuality. Okay. So if you're going to talk about homosexuality, you got to talk about pedophilia too. Why are you isolating that? You should be talking about everything. But they don't want to talk about that because that because they're doing it. They're guilty of that, the pedophilia crime. So they'll say homosexuality is a sin and say nothing about pedophilia, pedophilia at all. Because literally, fuck the kids, right? Yeah, fuck the kids. That's right. <laughs> and I know that's what they're saying. Up because you, here's the thing. There's not enough money you could give someone in repentance for any of the things those little boys went through. There's not enough money that you could give someone for a, what a little girl goes through that's been molested or raped or any of this stuff. And 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 people always try to put a number, but there's certain things are just priceless. Your innocence is worth, I, I, oh my gosh, it's just a whole nother value. And, you know, when they do things like, um, you know, the rabbi does the um, circumcision by biting the tip of the penis off because they had that in New York. They I mean, they still do it, but people were complaining because newborn babies started having like herpes because the old man's mouth is disgusting and he's ripping it off like, like some maniac. Like, I don't even know. I understand culture, but I don't even think this is culture anymore. Sacred and celebrated Jewish tradition, the circumcision or bris of newborn boys. But among some Orthodox and Hasidic Jews, there's a controversial element. A moil uses his mouth to suction blood from the wound. And once again, it's the talk of the town in heavily Orthodox communities like Monson. Everybody has concerns. You never know, you know, things are scary. There's a lot of diseases, there's a lot of worries. People should just kind of uh, be aware that there's, uh, you know, health issues that are involved and you should really kind of check to make sure that the person who's doing it is healthy. The Brooklyn District Attorney is investigating the death of an infant at Maimonides Hospital. The two-week-old died last fall after contracting herpes during the ritual which is called Metzitsa Bape. Health officials warn the virus can be transmitted during direct oral contact. And therefore, it's something that people need to be aware of. Babies at this age have 
immature immune systems, and that puts them at particular risk. Controversy over Matsitsa Bopay erupted almost a decade ago after three newborns contracted herpes. The state health department barred Rabbi Yitzhak Fisher of Monsi from performing such procedures, but there is no official regulation regarding the practice. At the time, other Moyles told Eyewitness News there are safer ways to perform a bris. Using uh, autoclaving their equipment, wearing gloves, doing everything properly so that we can maintain the ancient rituals and still safeguard the uh, health of the children. Still, many defend the centuries-old practice. You have more of a chance of getting hit by a car than getting herpes. We still keep on doing it and we will keep on doing it because that's what, our, that's what it says in our religion, that that's what we should do. Well, there were two reported cases uh, in 2009 of herpes transmission here in, here in Rockland, but in both cases, the children recovered. And we're live in Pomona, Marcus Solis, Channel 7, Eyewitness News. Hey, Nelly. Peace, Queens. How are y'all doing? Peace. How are you? Welcome. Good. Welcome, welcome. This, Thank you. Did you just say that they were biting it off with their teeth? Yeah, and that's how they do circumcision, the rabbi. They bite it off and, um, you know, I've been, uh, well, it's on my shit, but I've been reading. And so in the, like, the Talmud and stuff, the blood, they believe that the blood is connected to the spirit. And when you can kind of get some of that, it brings a, a life force to you. And this is why people rob people of innocence, right? It's almost like a parasitic, demonic entity mm -hmm. of thing, right? Not, you know, you know, whatever. So, yeah, that's a thing that they do. And no one says no. How the fuck you gonna explain to your child they've had herpes since, since they've <laughs> been baptized? Where they do that at? Okay. Yeah. That's the reason why I started writing my book. <laughs> Wicked minds and stolen treasures. Mm. We are among demons. And, yes. uh, you know, we, we have to understand, you know, there's light and dark and, and all things created. Um, that is the darkest. When you have predators of innocent children, it's the darkest. Yes. Uh, I, I just, I can't fathom it. But I know that we trust these people to leave our children in their care, uh, including the coaches, teachers, uh, messing with our daughters, messing with our sons um, in school, um, our, our child care providers. Uh, they're everywhere. They are they're everywhere. What The Olympic coaches messing with the... With those girls. Yes. That came out too. You know, mm -hmm. it's funny that you say that. So they had this one um, young lady that, um, because they told her that she couldn't take her private assistant with her, she decided that she was going to pull out. The sad part about it is the young lady was blind and deaf. So it's like, how would you like tell her that she cannot bring the only person that she could trust to make sure that she is safe along with her on that trip? And, and when y'all said that, it made me think that's probably why she could have probably ended up being victimized while she was over there for the Olympics. And, and they don't think about stuff like that. Right. If she's blind and deaf, she has to have someone. You can have a dog walking with you for a lot less, you know, a stress dog. How do you have someone that is deaf and blind? The only person that she knows, it doesn't make sense. 
But in any case, um, all these fools are being exposed and that's the bottom line. Keep exposing their asses, hang them up, line them up because this stuff has to stop. This is not the days of like how it used to be when we were kids and you couldn't tell anybody or if you tried to tell an aunt or an uncle, nobody believed you, you know, and all these different things. And the church has been exposed, especially after COVID, you know, they couldn't congregate anymore. They couldn't, so, they couldn't feed that lustful demon. No, they sure could not. So this shut a lot of things down and, and we need to keep revamping this and, you know, keep having this conversation about these type of things and expose it and not put our children in those positions. It's not okay to leave your child anymore with Uncle Larry. You know, that's just not acceptable. Children, you don't know what a pedophile looks like, who he looks like at all. So you cannot take any chances. We can't. It just takes a woman just to say, watch the baby real quick and let me go to the store and I'll be back. Mm. Child raped. Mm. That's happened. Mm. Okay. So we have to use better discernment when it comes when it comes to protecting our children. There's no excuses these days. I'm surprised it's still happening at an alarming rate. All the all the nanny cams they have now and surveillance you could put in your house and hidden cameras and, and for people to say they don't know. Or when they find out, act like, you know, okay, well, it happened, right? Because once the tree is bent, you can't straighten the tree type shit. Once you have been violated, that's it. That's that's a that's that memory you got to take with you forever, ever, ever type shit. And I don't think people realize the, the trauma that it caused people. Because here's the thing. You'll go your, through your whole life and you were violated as a child. And the person that violated you sleeps well at night. Oh, yes. Right? Sleeps well at night. And I often say uh, this whole judicial system, and I get it, right? Innocent before guilty, all this shit, right? But at the end of the day, if you know for sure, for sure, for sure, oh, my fucking God. Like, sometimes I think death is too good for pedophiles. I believe in castration. Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of lobotomy, not enough to forget certain things, right? Lay Right, I'm talking about you know that Wu Tang Clan ab and when they was like, I'll just sell your asshole and keep feeding you and feeding you and feeding <laughs> you, right? So I'm talking about some real torture fucking chamber shit. Like, like for real, like I feel like we need to get back to that. Uh, you know, we talk about when people do things and we march and then mm -hmm. they burn it down their own shit. No, you go to their neighborhoods and you burn it down. The cop did what? Where does his family live? Where does his grandmother live? I bet you people will get it fucking right because you don't bring a knife to a gunfight yeah. you don't burn your own shit down no yeah. guess what if I do some time let's do some time let me make this shit worth my while and i don't understand if we have this spirit that's been given to us from our ancestors because we still here because there's a lot of our ancestors not here because they open up their mouth right right cut down right what the fuck happened to the rest of us and we just be like, we'll let God take care of it. We'll march. Let's march and try to. Right. I ain't never been with that quiet shit. Like, I can't stand when people like to keep quiet. Like, what? First of all, tomorrow's not even promised. Okay. So you mean to tell me, like, what if you don't wake up tomorrow? You going to leave off this earth witnessing something that was, you know, completely harmful to somebody? You just going to just let it go? Like, no. Nah. 
Yeah. And that's why it ends up happening to somebody else. Because, excuse me, because instead of us speaking up, instead of us speaking up, when we see the violation or we hear about the violation, we just try to cover it up because we don't want to be the ones that have to be the finger. We don't want to be the ones to say, hey, this is what this individual is doing. I'm to the point now, and there's a lot of us brothers sisters out there that need to be like this. We need to stop holding our tongue because when you're silent about it, 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 it doesn't stop it. When you speak up, it makes everybody aware. And everybody's going right. to be that person like, nah, bro, I ain't leaving my children with you. Nah, you can't come to ba- you can't come to the baby birthday party. Anything that has to do with children in a function, nah, he cannot come. I don't no. care if he is Uncle Uncle Dave, Uncle Bobby, Uncle whoever. No, nah, he cannot come because he like to put his hands on people's children. I'll be damned if I'm about to let that be welcome in my house. I literally, yeah, we can't do Yeah, I, I caught a neighbor at a backyard barbecue, and there were some young girls, my, my friend's daughters, that were in the backyard along with my daughters swimming. And you know, our, these days, our children are a little bit more developed uh, at a younger age. And I was taking something out to the garbage and I saw an eyeball, an eyeball in a hole in my fence. And I, and it just stopped me. And it, it was divine from alignment for me to see that at that time, because it was a small hole, but I saw an eye and it stopped me dead in my tracks. And I said, what the fuck is that? I said, hey, oh no, 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 oh no. Come on, come on out of the corner. Come on from out of the corner and, and let me have a conversation with you. I said, brother, let me explain something to you. Their fathers are in my backyard. Had one of them come out here to bring this garbage and caught you, there is nothing that I would have been able to do to pull those brothers off of you. These mm-hmm. are children. You're, they're children. These grown women, they're kids that you're sitting here spying on. And he started crying. Please, please, please. No, don't. Let me tell you something. You see this (laughs) here between these properties? Don't let me catch you step over this line ever again as long as I live here. You understand? Or you're going to have something hot in your ass. Yeah. Jackie, Jackie, I want you to go back in time. I want you to take a fucking knife and stick it through that fucking hole in his fucking eye. Fuck all that crying shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I know sometimes people get caught doing shit they ain't supposed to be doing. This ain't stealing an apple because you fucking hungry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is some next level fucked up shit. And so, I ain't even gonna lie to you. I've told people, listen, I will do, I have no problem doing. You said you look good in orange. Let me get the key. I will let myself in after. I had no problem being like, what I, I say. I did that shit and yep. that motherfucker deserved it and I feel good. Now I can sleep. I can sleep good tonight. Yeah. That's like they sleep good. Oh. We should be able to sleep good too. Or do they sleep good? They right. Don't have- right. It's not, an, not enough therapists and psychologists that you could put a child in front of. That's going to make them because now they, they just spend their whole lives trying to figure out what they're going to do. Those boys that and it's an allegation, right? I'm going to just do the fingers, the allegation, right? So allegedly, right? 
those boys will never be the same. The, the African Mbada, the guy, he he's fucking <laughs> a piece of work himself, right? But it's, it's, it's not his fault. But then, like I said, people go, and even if R. Kelly's aunt was sleeping with him, like at one point, you got to say to yourself, what the fuck? Like, you cannot keep perpetuating. You cannot lay down with little kids. I don't give a fuck. There's nothing... I don't care if it's the last two people on earth type shit. It's just certain shit. But then you know that shit in the Bible too. Because the other day somebody pointed out to me that Lot's daughters had sex with him. So they could have a baby. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. there you go. What might, you know, all right. Filled with all kind of wickedy. Wicked. It's, just, <laughs> it's just a lot of craziness. But, you know, this was, we can go on all night about this. I'm telling you about this sickness, but this has been another, another amazing podcast, another therapeutic podcast where we are able to release. Thank you, sister Cindy, for giving us this platform once again. We so appreciate everything that you're doing here. And we'd just like to go around the room one more time. Ladies, Angie, I'll start with you. If you can name um, your business, give a shout out. Angie, baby. Is she there? I'm waiting for Angie. I okay. want to hear Leticia. Uh, Leticia, you're omnipotent. You was everywhere today. Yes. yes. Woohoo, we miss you. I was like, ah. Uh, <laughs> Letitia is the goat. Yes, yes. I tried to fill your shoes a little bit, but I can't. <laughs> did I did the job. best I could. You did a good job. You did a good job. <laughs> yes. Letitia was just all over the place. She was like, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and again, my name is Maxine from Ministry and Wellness. And also, if you ever need any health information about your health insurance, please reach out to me. I can help you save some money, guide you and consult you. It's it's what I give back to the community. Okay. And I thank you. And Sister uh, Angie, I'm going to go back to you so you can um, say your business and what you do, sis. We're talking about me right now? <laughs> yes, ma'am. We are talking about you. Oh. Um, oh, so we're saying what we do and stuff like that? or Yeah, what your business is. Your last plug. Last your last plug. Your last plug before we get out of here this evening. Um, Right now I'm at home, but I think I've mentioned before, like my little, I guess if you want to say like my little business, Um, I like making like coquito and pasteles but i was saying that's more like a you know like a holiday thing so that's something that um i actually been trying to i think i've been doing maybe for like the past two three years now during that time so mm, that sounds yummy yes it does I'm-, uh, I'm hungry right now too <laughs> man jackie can you give your plug yeah. about your business um i will share mistressanju.com which is my oldest daughter's beautiful artwork. Um, we sell our art on t-shirts. It's M-I-S-T-R-E-S-S-A-N-J-U.com. My second business is Johnny Products. That's J-O-N-I products.square.site. And 2020 Farmers Co-op, that's C-O-O-P.com. Support our Black Farmers. 
Thank you. Thank you. And Nellie? Okay, my name is Nellie. Um, I'm the Chief Operations Officer at MelanatedPeople.net, uh, Black-owned social network for our people, by our people. Uh, I guess my business is our liberation. Yeah. Hey, that's a big deal. Uh, Thank you, Nellie. <laughs> Thank you so much. And also, Tareen, sis, take us out of yeah, here. Yeah, so, um, so this is Tareen. Again, I'm a singer and a songwriter. And I'm also a financial coach and a New Jersey licensed insurance agent. And yes, again, I am glad to be here tonight with such a, again, great topics to touch on. It's always great to be on stage with you ladies. And yes, Cindy, you already know you are phenomenal. You know, this is such yes. a great sisterhood. You know, it really is. I love how this is coming together. And I'm so looking forward to the future. You know, I love this, What you know, this space that we're creating, you know a space for our people to build, to learn, you know, help us stay on top of what's hey. going on. So yes, again, great night tonight, ladies. Great night tonight, guys. Yes. Absolutely. Wonderful platform. Wonderful platform. And people, thank you again for listening. Please don't forget to sign up at otwtube.com. And we look forward to having you at the next um, podcast. And this happens every Wednesday and Sunday. So Wednesday, it is 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And with that said, you all have a wonderful evening. I love you all. Your sisters are amazing. Have a great one. Love. Have a good night. Have a good night. Have a good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Peace. Hey, Yurima Karama here with a quick infomercial, and I have a question for you. Are you tired of social media outlets that block real content? I mean, are you tired of your favorite internet truth teller getting blocked or put in Fedbook jail? Tired of making a comment and the algorithm quickly deems your comment to be offensive and takes it down? I mean, are you tired of making a post and a fact check pops up, making it look like your info isn't accurate, and then it turns out that the fact check is actually the lie? Are you tired of seeing white people get by with racist commentary or post and they never get blocked, but unapologetically black truth tellers are always having their videos taken down? Tired of having to wait a month or seven days or 14 days for your favorite social media truth teller to get their page back up because white-owned social media outlet owners take their content down whenever they feel like it? Tired of black people getting on white-owned social media outlets and finding out that the outlet is making billions of dollars but you don't get one red cent of that money? Well, if you're really tired, then you should do as I did and make the switch. Yeah. Come on over to otwtube.com where your content and comments are actually accepted. Also, get the Eurema Karam app where you can stay up to date on real truth that lamestream media intentionally hides from you. Come on over to sites that accept you being unapologetically black. I mean, come on over to sites that love you being free to express yourself. This is why I took my aboriginal indigenous melanated ass on over to OTWTube because I recognize the importance of freedom of speech. I recognize that I would be doing my ancestors a tremendous disservice if I stayed a slave on social media outlets that want to dictate what I say and when I can actually say it. If you're tired like I am, then make the switch now to OTWTube.com and get the Yurima Karama app. Tap into the truth because that's what you deserve. I am Yurima Karama, and I approve this message.
Look it up. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Diang. Cindy Ashley Production. Ashley Production. Ashley Production. On the wake up.